Hey, Parisian Nation. This is Steve Leo here, your host. Uh, I'm lucky enough today to have on the great Eric Mitchell. All of you, I'm sure, know him in Parisian Nation. Outside Parisian Nation, you should get to know him. Um, Eric has been in the business longer than me. So, again, it's rare that I get someone on that's, that's a little <laughs> bit more, uh, more seasoned than I am. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of stats about Eric, but I'm going to let him give his, uh, give his background. So, Eric's been training uh, over, what are we at, 27 years now, 28 years? Almost 30. Yeah. Almost 30, almost 30 yeah, years. So 30. more than me. Um, he's a, uh, he's a PA boy, right? big Steelers fan. We'll talk about that later. He attended sure. uh junior out of college where he uh, played football and ran track. So that's pretty impressive to play two sports in college. I don't know many people that do that anymore. Um, has been in our, our network now for 15 years, 16 years, something like that. Right. This is 16, 16 Six. years. 16 years in our network. So, I mean, so half the time outside, half the time in, he's got some fun stories that maybe we'll talk about with his old, old business partners and, and things like that. Oh. Um, and Eric also has worked with tons of D1, uh, Major League Baseball, NFL, Pro Tennis, which is kind of how where he got to start, right? That's where you really kind of kind of got jumped into the game and also has been involved with training for Warriors for a good 10, 11 years and is, is one of their highest uh highest ranking instructors i would say i know you present at their at their summits and, and stuff like that so he's got a really extensive background i i just scratched the surface so eric thanks for hopping on the show and you know please feel free to give me way more background i know you're very humble but this is the time to give me yeah. a little more background on yourself well steve i really appreciate uh you having me on uh, i was uh i was pretty excited because you know for everybody out there, I mean, Steve is, you know, I can say this, I count him as one of my best friends and to, to be on this podcast really kind of just, it circles around because if it, it, you know, I met Steve, Steve was actually the first person that I met um, in Parisi in terms of training. And in fact, uh, he couldn't stay because his wife and he were having his firstborn uh, when that all came about. I remember that and uh, got to train uh, in the Morris Plains facility and learn about the Parisi system. And I'll never forget the first thing he said. And, you know, Steve's, Steve certainly has a, a way of, of, of approaching people. And so I ripped off a sprint and he looks at me and he goes, you're a sprinter. And I said, yeah, did you know that? And you're like, the way that you had your fingers, you had your, your thumbs and your four fingers together like this. He goes, we got to teach you some, some ways of, of, of working on those techniques to make you better at what you do. And then boom, he was out the door. And, uh, and then from then on, uh, it just developed into a, a, a really great friendship. Uh, but also I have an incredible amount of respect for Steve and the knowledge base that he has. While I've been training for many years, uh, I've learned an awful lot from Steve and have really you know, incorporated that into my own coaching style. Um, so I, I'm grateful, Steve, that I'm, I'm on here with you and I appreciate it a great deal. Well, thanks for thanks for being on. I mean, you know, listen, a lot of people in our network and outside the network need to know about you and, and what you do. And again, see, he didn't talk about himself. He talked about me, which is very nice. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll dive in. I'll pull some stuff out, out of you. So okay. one, of, one of the things I want to ask you about, because obviously you've been training a long time now, you've trained pretty much every sport out there. Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking about this even myself, because I've been, you know, I've been doing this just, I don't know, 23, 24 years. So a little less than you. I was going through all my old manuals because we've been re redoing our manual and Bill's been writing a book and, you know, you just go back to your archives and this is when you, you know, I got books behind me and paper. What's one of the biggest changes you've seen since you first started? And, and it took me a while. I have a few 
things in my head, but what are some of the biggest things that you've seen since you started 20 plus years ago to today when it comes to sports performance training? Yeah, I, I, I think way back when I started, I don't think there was any real theory behind it at all. I think there was just, a, you, you kind of went by what, what you did previously yourself as an athlete and what your coaches delivered to you, um, you know, in, in sessions that you took with them. And here's the thing, Steve, you know, you really think about it. Uh, I got very similar start to Bill. Uh, you know, I start, I graduated in 1989 from college and had a military history and international relations uh, degree, but I played, you know, multiple sports and I was interested in personal training and got involved in the Nautilus principles and then got involved in sports performance. I was actually pushed into it in a strange way by a good friend of mine who's now uh, the head strength uh, football strength coach at Bowling Green, Kevin Tolbert. And he was with uh, Harbaugh for many, many years uh, through Stanford to San Francisco to Michigan. But Kevin back in 1996 had said to me, you know, you don't seem like you're really interested in counting numbers for, you know, mainline housewives uh, in a gym. Why don't you do something with athletes? And I really hadn't thought about it, but there was no real theory behind it. You just, you did it. And, you know, there were guys out there, like I went through USA track and field with Tudor Bumpa's uh, uh, materials and also just kind of Tom Telez and gleaning information from all those coaches. But what I've seen is this evolution in how speed is taught or how, you know, not just speed, but the uh, different aspects of speed, whether it be the strength part of it, whether it be the multi-directional speed, including agility, there's a real kind of a, what would I say now, a um, a codified system for it. And back in the early nineties, there just, there wasn't. And you just kind of went by with what you were doing. You know, I was, if you want to hear a story about, you know, what happened to me, um, back in 1997, I called the Philadelphia Inquirer, um, and Art Carey was the guy's name and he was the fitness editor. And I said, Hey, listen, you want to do a story on my company for speed training? And Steve, he literally laughed in my face over the phone, of course. And he said, um, speed training. He goes, Eric, here's the bottom line. You know, you're born with speed. He goes, now, if you want to talk to me about like somebody increasing their marathon endurance, then you know, we'll have a chat. Well, the NFL combine was broadcast on ESPN that year. It was the first time that I'd ever seen it. Art Carey called me. I was in my car. Now you're going to laugh when you hear this because I've never really said this. I had a white Chevy Blazer. <laughs> and it was packed with hurdles, ladders, all those different things. And I'm driving and Art Carey calls me on a old fashioned cell phone that you had to flip and pull the antenna up. And he said, hey, Eric, uh, I want to do a story on your company. Meet me at Haverford College in 40 minutes. So Haverford College is a small division three school outside of my area. And I hang up the phone. And of course, I agreed to it. And then I thought to myself, I don't I don't have a company. I don't have anything. So I made one up on the way to the interview. And Steve, I called it progressive speed training. He interviewed me in that. It was released finally in early 1998. And Steve, I had 75 phone calls over a period of 48 hours for parents after the article came out. How do you get my kid faster? How do you get my kid faster? And so that's kind of what started to happen uh, for me. And then, so if you look, if I look at it, what, what eventually happened when, when Bill contacted me was it, it finally brought to light in my mind that there was a real system behind training in our field. Because previously, even if there was, 
nobody knew about it. You didn't really understand what it was. Again, like you said, like people would be like, yeah, you know, yeah, you're fast. You know, you're just fast. If you're not, you're not. If you are, you are. And I, you know, I was lucky. I was blessed. I had some speed. So I kind of understood what that meant, but there was no real system. So to, that, that the evolution that's happened has been that the, this nebulous thing about speed training has become actually a codified system that is very well respected now. And those same people that may have 20 years ago laughed in your face are now like, they're the ones saying, yeah, this actually makes sense. You know, if I get stronger and more mobile and more flexible, and my, my, my neuromuscular system is improved, I'm gonna get faster. So that's what, that's what I feel has been the, the major change. Oh, and one, one other thing too, I also think that the coaching has evolved into something far different. It's no longer just about giving out drills. You're, you're teaching so much more to the, you know, not just to the youths in your program, but to the, the, the coaches surrounding you and then also the, the parents in your system as well. So that's what I think. Yeah, I agree. I think the system is probably the biggest thing. I think, you know, we all started, it was, how, how could you get your hand on, on more drills, right? Can you get more VCR tapes or if you got a book mm -hmm. and you found some new drill? And that's what it was like, oh, this is the drill. This is the drill. And I think now, hopefully more people understand that there has to be a little bit more of a system based around it. And there has to be a fear of what you're trying to accomplish. And I agree with you too. I think kids now can come out of college knowing, hey, I want to be a sports performance coach where, you know, when I started school, that wasn't even really a thing. It was like, you could be exercise physiology. I was an athletic training major when I first started. And I switched over um, or maybe you go PT school. You know, it really wasn't this whole sports performance thing. And also, even in the last 10 years, guys or girls would be an exercise science major, but they always wanted to be like a college strength coach. And that's what it, and, and I kind of hate that term. And I am that out of school. I'm a strength and conditioning coach. But really now, you know, you can go into the private sector and there's just as many or probably more jobs available for these kids because they can't, there aren't that many college jobs out there. You know, if you go below division one, there's not a lot of them that are, that are really sustainable for a career. It's difficult to, to do that. True. So I think, I think that's one of the biggest things. I think people now know, Hey, I can, ha I can have a career in this, but when things grow, I think some things get a little watered down. So um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's in an interesting spot now. And now that we're in COVID, right. You know, your business, just like mine, you know, taking hits and everyone's still trying to figure it out almost a year later. Um, sure. what, what do you think, hopefully, you know, we come out of it this summer, you know, with the vaccine, everything is moving in the right direction. What do you think is going to happen now once we come out of this? Cause obviously I, I think the business has changed forever, um, for, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes in how you conduct it, but what do you see are some of the biggest things that are going to be changed for the next, you know, couple of years, probably. Yeah. I think that you're going to see still a, a, a large segment of the population with teams not coming into facilities where I believe that it's reestablishing that spring and summer programming that you can go out to other places to train them outdoors when there's, you know, clearly you're outside, you're socially distanced because that's, I, that, you know, Steve, that's not going away. And, and I really, you can feel it as a business owner that that aspect is not going away where people are hesitant to come inside still. So I do believe that there's going to be a newer market for, and it's actually full circle because of when we first started, we did a lot of outside team training where we would go to different facilities and, and train kids outside on fields. And we moved away from that. We were having more and more people come into our facility. So I think that, that the business is starting to do that as well. But also for any coaches who are out there, 
you know, having an online presence yourself is, is I feel very important, the connections that you make to the, the parents and the athletes, you suddenly might have an online business as well, uh, not just the, the in-person business uh, of, speed, of speed training, of, of strength training. So I'm noticing that, I, you know, my, for, me, for myself, I'm doing a lot of motivation work for stuff outside the fitness industry. Yet it all ties into that they're you know they're so desperate to have someone coaching them um, since this pandemic. So I think there's going to be a shift. I I also think that uh, we're, we're going to be getting away from these you know uh, these membership based programs. I'm seeing a lot more of my client base uh, going back to the one on one, the semi private, the punch cards, things like that. Steve, where you're not seeing these longer term memberships, and even in the memberships, we've been watching this happen. They seem to be these three-month commitments, and they don't want to do it. Then they come back after a month, and they don't want to do it. So I think the industry overall is going through, you know, what we always call those paradigm shifts, and and making some changes. But you know, I, me, this is just me. I'm not speaking for any other coach. Uh, I, I'm actually enjoying it. I'm enjoying the change. I'm enjoying the difference because I felt, you know, as you talked about, like things evolve and things grow, uh, just like with Parisi work. Uh, you know, we're, we're developing new, new skill sets for our coaching staffs, ways to coach them. I think our businesses are, are maturing and growing in different ways. Um, it was stagnating a lot of, in, in a lot of ways. The competition was out there. I don't know, though, if the competition's responding that well, you know, it, specifically in our uh, part of the industry. I know in the fitness industry, the adult model, it's responding well, but the, but with youth sports performance, there, there, a lot of our competition is having a problem, and and I and and then that stems to Steve. Uh, it's a coaching dilemma that they, you know, <laughs> we always talk about uh, um, the culture of of what we do, and I always, I'm now really, it's funny, I'm I'm actually just thinking about it right now. That's the difference right now in this COVID time that's evolving and changing is that we're still bringing that culture to the to the forefront with the training. And a lot of other places, they can't, they can't say that. So that I, I think that that's the major change. You're seeing just this dynamic shift in, in opportunities. I see it that way. Yeah, I think the relationships that you're talking about are really important because, you know, depending where you are in a country, most parts of the country are not in school full time. You know, I have two kids. One is at, with me at a private school and we're in five days a week. Uh, but it's very segmented. They're in class and then they go to the next class. They don't have free time. They don't have free lunches to socialize. And then my other daughter is only in school two days a week and other three days online. So there's a huge social aspect, not only with your peers, but I think just socialization with teachers, counselors, coaches, they don't have that free talking time where they can just kind of be themselves. And I think when they come to our facilities, it's one of the few times they probably get to do that, um, even with some of the COVID protocols. But if you look at like teens and stuff, yeah, they have to follow all these different protocols. It's hard for them to just have a sit down and have a chat. You know, those days are uh, you know, just difficult right now. So I think coming to facilities like, like ours or other facilities out there, I really feel that it's, it's kind of a release for kids. You know, they get to get out of the house and just, you know, be an athlete, run around and maybe joke around, listen to some music, whatever it might be. So I think that's sure. one of the reasons why, um, you know, from what I've heard, a lot of people actually doing very well. You know, I've talked to a lot of owners, um, especially in New Jersey. And we were hit really hard, just like you are in Pennsylvania. And yeah. they're doing they're doing well. I'm sure everyone wants to do better, but 
all things considered, I, I actually think they're doing okay. And like you said, I think new things are going to come out of this. You know, when it, when there's uh, chaos, there's always opportunity. So, always. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're all trying to figure it out, as they say. Um, I want to get into a training a little bit, you know, you know, sure. get a little sciencey, yeah. but not that sciencey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that we always talk, you and I talk about a ton is just the idea of everybody wants a new drill. What's the new exciting drill? What's going to make me better? Um, again, going back to, cause we're rewriting the manual and stuff. I've been looking at a lot of old stuff. What are some of the old drills or old you know, systems or patterns, anything that you've done in the past that we don't do anymore that you think we should bring back? Uh, that's interesting. Um, I, I would say that focusing a little bit more on the, 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 the process of developing the start for acceleration, really focusing on that. I, I'm a big believer in that, getting kids to understand different varying positions of acceleration, not rushing through it. I, I do believe, and I'm, I'm with, you know, with you 100% on this, where we talked about where acceleration and top speed often are going to have to go hand in hand uh, in, in a session, where since it's a linear speed program. But I do feel that, and, I, and Steve, to be honest with you, I still do it. I break down the, the starts a little bit more uh, I, I get engrossed a little bit more in the starts with these kids, these different styles of starts, different styles of training. And I think we've moved away from that. A lot of the facilities I've gone to now, now Steve, that could be more of an omission just by them. Remember you and I've talked about this, that people, when they don't feel comfortable teaching something, they stop teaching. It. But I, I think just teaching those very different styles of starts um, should never disappear from our programming, because I think not only does it, teach the kids proper mechanics behind it, but also it's fun and uh, they enjoy it. They, they, they're ready to go. They love the concept of acceleration. I think games have to be played. Um, and I know that, you know, I'm sure I'm maybe looking at this new manual and being like, okay, the, the games are here. You know, we kind of, we went away from that. We went away from not like incorporating games that related to acceleration, top speed and change of direction. So I, I'm, I'm hoping hoping that that's where the direction we'd be going in. We went away from that. Maybe we got too sciencey when we were talking about, you know, getting diving, you know, deep diving into top speed and fascia and everything like that, which is terrific. I think we should do that, but also making sure the human element is still there from the things that we did in the past, which is what honestly, what originally, originally made Parisi so great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm kind of on the same page. I really think, teaching kids how to drive and push is yes. is more challenging than people think um i see a lot you know now with social media you see everybody online whether it be our locations other other facilities i see tons of them and i i see a lot of starts right and i watch and i'm like those kids are not driving as hard as they could right and even though i'm a, I'm a track coach and it's something i i stand behind them and hammer them about pushing and pushing and really you know me i'm yep. a stopwatch guy when it comes yep. to something like that because the stopwatch is the feedback and I feel like sometimes we forget about using that as a tool, as opposed to just the time. Hey, hey, this is what you did. <clears throat> Use the time as a motivator. Like I need you to break two seconds on this now. And mm -hmm. forget technique for a second. Sometimes it's just about effort. And I think a lot of kids don't, they just don't understand it. It's not like that they can't do it. They just have never been asked to do it before. And I think as coaches, we have to do a better job of pushing the kids to do it. So I agree with you. I think I was going to say the same thing. I think 
just being able to push out and start and, and just all the different starts, like you said, whether it be jump back starts or falling starts or anything just to stimulate them in a little bit of a different way and, and resist starts, things like that. I think those, those are great. Um, so I agree. And I think there's a lot of old stuff out there. Just the other thing is just old. We talked about before old plyometrics that we just kind of forget about and how important plyos are, but doing plyos the right way, not just, you know, okay, what's the highest box I could jump on? How about just jumping forward and getting your feet off the ground quickly and applying that force? I think it's, it's kind of forgotten about, you know, we, we want to look good for social media. I mean, let's, let's be clear. And I get it. Social media has a great place. It's really helped our industry grow because now people can see it. Whereas before they couldn't see it. So I don't know if that makes any sense with two old guys talking. Well, maybe, no, maybe. I, I, no, I, 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 listen, I, I get frustrated because, you know, we've talked about this before. That's great. Jump as high as you can, but do you, do you know how to land? Do you know how to land properly? Do you know how to, you know, distribute that force, that, that force better? Do you, know, do you understand then how to accelerate from that? Yeah, it looks like, a, you know, that's terrific. I see it all the time, people doing those things, but also isn't, you know, isn't, you know, our speed in the 100 or the 200 as track athletes or in the 40 as a football player or the 60 as a baseball player, we improve those times. Aren't we plyometrically improving those times? So it makes, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense, you know, that, that we should be teaching those things properly and not just yeah, making the social media. I agree. And listen, I'm not bashing because, you know, social media is important and I love it. You yeah. know, I've, so it's a I. great way for me to see things and connect and see how kids are doing. But, uh, you know, th there's always a downside to everything. And I think that's the one downside because I think some people might create or, or train their drills and their sessions just to look good for social media. Right. They're, they're sure. trying to get that right video, that clip, whatever it might be. Um, so as a follow up question. Right. So we talked about what, what your what do you think we need to bring back? What do you think we need to stop doing? This is kind of a loaded question, but I see a lot of people doing things that I'm like, why are you doing that? But I wanted to get your take on, well, what, the, what do we need to stop? I, I think you've already answered that. I think that, I think what needs to stop is that it's, it's not, it's, you know, this isn't just metabolic training sessions, metabolic workouts where, you know, you're not hammering people into the ground based on, you know, what looks good on social media, because that's what a lot of coaches do. I think it's a, eliminating the concept that these kids are working out, they're training. And it's a concept. I was just talking to a soccer group over the weekend. Uh, and it's funny, we're talking about, it's a soccer group that's, they're, they're not, they're outside of my facility and I'm working with them outside the facility. And I said to them, do you think this is a workout? Do you think you're training? Because some of the kids were saying we were working, they're working hard, but it wasn't like, you know, one kid was like, well, my dad does CrossFit. I was like, that's great, good. This isn't CrossFit. This is this is Parisi training, and so not making it. And you know, Steve, you go on social media. Sometimes you'll see things. You scratch your head. And you go, "What's what is that? Why? Are, what, what? What does that? How does that track back to, to to the mission of what we're trying to do?" So I do think that we we have to be very very cautious and very cognizant of what uh, content is. That it's not just to drill a kid to drill to make them look good on a ladder. You know, what's the application for the sport they're playing? And is it making them more confident? You've got to look at that as well. So taking out that aspect of it, even though you'll say like, you know, it can be a workout, sure. If the kid's, you know, deconditioned and not trained properly, but don't, don't make it a metabolic CrossFit workout when it's supposed, supposed to be sports performance. And that's, I think we have to be very careful about that. Very careful. Can't treat them like adults. They're not adults. 
And I think the other thing too, if you take a sport like soccer, they refer to what, like I work with our soccer team at a high school and they'll say to me, Hey, we're going to do fitness training. Cause that's just what they, that's the term that they use. I know they, right. they know what I'm going to do with them, but the word fitness often gets confused with performance. And I, and I've been trying to educate people that they're two different things, not good yes. or bad. If, if your goal is fitness, right. great, but that's typically not what an athlete needs. They need to perform. Now, all of that stuff behind it, your conditioning, your work capacity, all that sure. stuff is a big piece of it, but it's always a byproduct in my mind of what you do, unless you're dealing with someone that really needs work on that, which usually yeah. is only going to be like, uh, probably like a track athlete, you know, it really needs that volume of, of running because they're going to get a ton of running in their sport. They don't necessarily need <laughs> a lot of extra of, uh, you know, endurance training, or whatever. So um, I got a few drills I see online that drive me a little batty, but uh, I don't know if I want to go too deep, too deep into them. Um, probably the, I'll, I'll bring the one up because, you know, what the heck, I don't care. Um, the, the whole kneeling down and sprinting out of it. I see a lot of that done. And I don't think a lot of people know why they do it. That's just my opinion. Um, I think it's great. It gets kid to push off. But I'm going to go on my soapbox for a second. The, the knee flexion that you have there, you'll never have, even if you're in the blocks uh, of track. So I'm not That's really right. sure why we do that all the time. Uh, that's just kind of my, my two cents. Well, I, I don't, I know that it's, I, I look at it, you know, looking at it, what's, you know, what's sound mechanically, what are they doing it for? You do have to ask those questions, Steve. I think we, you know, you have to ask as a, as a coach and I try to get, you know, younger coaches I interact with is like, well, question what it is, you know, because a lot of times they'll just say, well, I saw somebody else doing it. You know, that's, that's the answer. I, and you've, have you done this? You've gone to facilities and you've certified staff and you see some things and you still, what are you doing that for? I don't know. Okay, but well, you don't know why you're doing it. Explosive. You that's my favorite. That's right. my favorite. Line. Well, it's explosive. But yeah, and it, yeah, I always loved your statement. You're like, well, firecracker is explosive. <laughs> like you could light something on, like blow something up, and that's explosive. So what does that even mean? So I agree with you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know what you're yeah. why you're teaching something. Yeah, and again, that's a bash. Hopefully, no one takes offense. Now, I think there there might be an application for it. Maybe a little bit more change of direction, lateral pushing. I get all that, but I see a lot of groups of kids lined up and just and sprinting out of it. And then those are the ones I see, I'm like, those kids aren't pushing as hard as they could. You know, maybe if we put them in a better position, whether it be a rolling start or, or, or like you said, pushing out of a stance, I think that's always where you start them. Not, no pun intended, start them in that stance. And then you can move them depending on what their sport is. Obviously track, they could stay there, but even track athletes now, I've been doing a lot more uh, fly sprints and rolling starts, more than I've ever done before. Because I'm, I'm really seeing the benefit to your point earlier about the the um, transition of acceleration and top speed. You know that that little sure. gap that I think a lot of kids struggle with, and really trying to get kids to learn how to accelerate on the run. Because a lot of kids do struggle with that. So I've been doing a lot more of that and uh, trying to time it. You know, I, I wish I had a fancy timing system like a free lap that I could afford, but um, doing it with stopwatches and it's really giving kids feedback on where they are in different segments because you can time a 10 it's easy but timing kids middle of races or segments um it's, it's more challenging for us as coaches but once kids start getting that feedback i think it gets them to understand more okay when do i need to in their minds turn it on and i think sometimes they don't realize that you know especially like a quarter mile sure. or they they sprint the curve and they come out of it and they hit their float and it's like boom, they just kind of yep, they just crash yeah and they don't understand how to maintain that and you know when you got you and i are a track enthusiast and i don't know if you've been watching atl on on, uh, on sundays on espn it's been nice to yes, watch some of these uh, some of these track athletes and you know they're just amazing it's just it's crazy to watch them run and they're not even in shape 
technically, you know, breaking records. One of, one of the kids from uh, Coatesville, uh, Coatesville alum, he's at LSU, Terrence Laird just set the, he's the world leader in the 200 right now. So you got to check out his race from LSU. I saw it. Yeah, he flew. Yeah. Yeah. He's flew. Yeah, he's a Coatesville um, kid. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot out there. You know, that's the thing I think a lot of people have to understand. You know, there's a lot of kids out there that, that are doing great things, especially in track and field. Um, because they're putting the time into it, but they're training the right way. They're not just going out and running just to run. And I think that's, yep. that's another thing. You know me, I'm I'm all about let's sprint as much as we can, but sprint the right way. And I really think that's hopefully what we can bring as a network, you know, the, the why of what we're doing. You know, you talked about the relationships and, and the motivation and, and really helping kids. But I think the why is so important, not only for results, but the kid will get more buy-in or give you more buy-in. Because if they really understand no why they're doing something, I mean, listen, I, the biggest difference, too, I just thought about it with kids. They ask more questions now than they've ever asked before because yes. they have more exposure. They could see more stuff on YouTube or Instagram. I have kids coming all the time with their phone saying, hey, did you see this video? Did you see this? Did you see this? And at first I was like, oh, come on, this is annoying. But now I'm like, oh, that's great. They're into it at least. And we could have yeah, a discussion. I, and, and it's not not just saying, well, my parents are making me do this. They're 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 genuinely interested in what's going to make them better. And I, I think that's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they show me, sometimes I see things I've never seen before. I'm like, well, oh, that's pretty cool. Or yeah. they'll show me some of their favorite athletes working out and show me different drills. And I, I think it's great. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, kids keep doing that and ask the right questions. And as coaches, you know, we need to be able to answer those questions. And if you can't answer them, then try to find out what the answers are and, and help those Absolutely. kids. So, um, but, you know, as far as, you know, working with the kids, the big thing, you know, I want to talk about is, is motivation, right? And mm -hmm. I don't think anybody does it better than you, um, in our, especially in our network, but even outside our network, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to steal you. Th this spring, you're coming out to my track team somehow, whether it be on Zoom or in person, would, and would, you're going to talk to them. Um, I'd love to. Yeah, and I, I know you would, and that's how you are. People don't realize it about you. You will do anything for anyone um, at any time, and I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why you're so good at what you do because everything you do is authentic and genuine. Those are the best words I can, I can describe you with your, that that's really, that's just who we are as a person. But when I've seen you just speak to crowds, it could be us as coaches, it could be kids or all the cool stuff I've been seeing you do online has been amazing. So I want to really just pick your brain a little, you know, how did you sure. get started with that? Cause I don't think that's something you did when you were 25, you know, how, how did, how did that all kind of, start up and evolve and i'll let you kind of give more of the backstory on it yeah well you know i mean presenting is something i've always i've always worked with kids so even when i was uh, a teenager i was working as a counselor at camps trying to work with kids to motivate kids at a sport at sports camps at day camps and such like that and then um dealing with the, the general public and the fitness industry you know every day steve having to talk to somebody every single hour. Now it's not necessarily the, you know, the greatest setting. Yeah, I was 23, 24, 25 years old. That's some very bizarre stories I could tell, but that's for another time. Um, but you know, talking to people every day, honing those skills in, and then it morphed into eventually, I was working with the kids of those people who they just want, you'll laugh when you're this, they would say, you just come to my kid's birthday party and just play capture the flag with my kids. And there'd be like 30 kids at, at this whole thing and having to run that. And then being in the sports performance world, you know, me personally doing it and then being a part of Parisi. And then, you know, th this 
I can't minimize in any way this. Uh, every single Tuesday and Thursday, we we did orientations at 7.30 at night. And I had to talk to parents and talk to kids every single Tuesday and Thursday. We did that for five years of the 16. Um, so I had to practice the skill of not only talking to kids, but to having to talk to parents. Then it morphed into you'd be talking to teens and, you know, listening to, to the people in the Parisi system, whether it be Bill Parisi and Martin Rooney, telling stories. And then I realized, you know what? That's the key to developing culture. That's the, the key to developing a, a, a real uh, connection with the athletes and the parents. So I started doing story time and I started telling stories. And Steve, it was every single, every single night. Well, then the parents of the kids who are now in, in the adult program would say, well, how come you're not doing it for us? And I hadn't gotten the training for warriors yet. I was just doing a, a, an adult conditioning class. Well, you know, of course, listen, when Martin put together TFW, it was the same thing. It was still storytelling and everything is storytelling. It still is to this day. So do it. So basically for the past 30 years, I've been telling stories on some level in, in our industry. And, you know, it, and, and then it morphs. I was in, you know, I was, I was very moved. Um, I have a video of it. I was in uh, Virginia Beach with uh, Warings and I was going to do their Parisi certification. Well, they had that tragedy, uh, the shooting in the courthouse, and they were doing a fundraiser. And I didn't know this at first. One of the survivors, she was there during the fundraiser. And then they asked, the Warings asked me to get up and speak. I wasn't prepared for anything, but I knew what to say because I had been around the Parisi system and the training for warrior system for so long that it just, you know when to, you even know what story to tell based on the audience that you're with, but you got to be genuine about that. You have to make a real connection. You can't just tell it for the sake of telling it. And when you, and, and that's years of really kind of honing in that skill set is to, to recognize like, okay, like, like this is a serious situation. And they're looking at you to ease some sort of pain to also connect with people. And if you're able to do that, if you're able to do that you, you, and you develop that skill because it is a skill, you're going to reach a lot more people, not just in your sports performance world, but also outside of it. And I, I've seen that and felt that. And, you know, Steve, it's a, it, you know, I get very, very emotional and very moved when I speak. You do too. I've watched it. I've seen you do it. And I think it is the genesis of everything that we've done as coaches and the experiences that we've had, especially in Parisi. Uh, I, th that's where I think you, it, it comes from. It just didn't happen overnight. I've also been very lucky. Listen, my mom's a remarkable woman who you know, worked in uh, special education for over 40 years. And I think a lot of my empathy for people comes from what she's taught me. A lot of my respect for people from what she's taught. So I give a lot of kudos to my mom who's, you know, 81 and, you know, still goes to Disney World with my son and I all the time. So, <laughs> Which uh, is awesome. But that's, yeah, that's the motivation right there. Well, I mean, listen, you know, I think stories is probably the, probably the biggest key to that. Something I learned a long time ago, how to tell stories. And it's, I'm nowhere near as good as you. You're way better than me. But I, I think the passion that, that comes through when you tell them and you're finding that connection 
and and trying to show athletes they could do whatever they want. You know, like I said, you, you know, we've talked about it. You weren't the biggest guy and maybe yeah. the most recruited guy. Next thing you know, you're, you're a two-sport athlete in college and you're pretty fast. I mean, would you run a 10 what in the 100? What was your time? 56. It's pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's really fast with n- not having speed training, you know, I don't right. say how many years ago, but you didn't really have it, but a long time ago, but 10, five is fast today. I don't care what you say. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, what I've seen with you, not only with uh, talking to the kids that we know or the coaches, we know, you know, all the charity work that you've done. And I mean, we could probably spend hours talking about all the charity work that people have no idea what you've done, how you, just give of yourself, your time, your money, you know, driving all over creation to uh, help kids in need and from, from all different aspects in life. Um, and I think it's because you care. And I think that's why kids buy in or people buy in because they know you care. It's not some sales pitch. You know, like, I wouldn't consider you a rah-rah guy because there are rah-rah. I, the term I heard the other day is, don't, you know, the, there's the hype guy, the hype strength coach, right? Because that's the new thing now. What guy's jumping up and down on the sidelines screaming and yelling? Um, which is great. I mean, I think it's fun, but sometimes I wonder, like, are they just doing that for attention or like what, what's going on? Whereas I think you, on the other hand, would rather just put your arm around somebody, not in COVID times, but (laughs) put your arm around somebody and just say, Hey man, I believe in you and I care about you. And, uh, you know, I've heard you do that before. And I think my best advice to coaches is follow what you're doing on Facebook, listen to you and, and use what you've been saying in your stories to talk to kids because now man these kids need it they're they're not getting out of the house much they're going through some tough times a lot of sports have been canceled or altered or whatever i you know i have a kid going through the same thing you know i mean she's running track now i was telling you before it's winter track they haven't had a meet yet because it's supposed to be outside and her last official track meet on a team was in seventh grade she's a freshman in high school now she missed the whole eighth grade year now she's you know in high school it's like man this poor kid is not than anything and she hasn't been on a team since last february when she was on a middle school basketball team these kids are missing that yeah, it's it's i didn't think about it the other day I was like, oh my gosh you know so i really think they need us and especially with what you do is just it's just amazing but i think if anyone can take you know the advice go rewind this back and listen to what to what uh eric was saying about the stories because i think that's the biggest key and the passion and just speak from the heart and i think the other thing i want to let people know is they don't have to be you they don't have to be Bill. They don't have to be Martin. Everyone has their own style on how, on yeah. how they get across. And, you know, you're obviously one of my favorites. I've always said that it's not because of a friendship. It's, it's true admiration, you know, between two, two peers. I just watch how, how you've addressed groups. And like you said, you, you can do it like that. I could say, Hey, I got a team right now. Eric, can you talk to him? You'd go for an hour <clears throat> without even yeah. thinking about it. So I think that's, but, that's, you know, that's amazing. Steve, you, you said like when you genuinely care about these kids and you care about, you know, where they are and what they're trying to accomplish and understanding, you know, the circumstances that they're in right now. But even if it wasn't COVID, as, you know, as young coaches out there, it's like, you know, listen, like listen, listen to what not only the kids, but their parents, listen to the adults in your programs, you know, you know, listen, you know, they want it, they, they want solutions for things that as coaches, we can help. I mean, there's certain, obviously limitations to what we can do. And there's, you know, people in, our, in, a diff- in different fields that would help them. But, you know, we've said this many times and we've heard this, you know, right now, I think we have one of the most important careers on the planet right now because people are looking for guidance. And you can provide that in as genuine, man, you, you I mean, you're going to be successful in this field. 
if you can do that. And you know what, Steve, I always say this, like I love what I do. Like, I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even, you know, like today I had, I had two one-on-ones today and it was, I haven't, I'm not honestly coaching as much as I did before, but just, you know, feeling these kids there that you could, you could see it. They just, they needed that positive reinforcement from what's going on around them. And, you know, you talk about, listen, talk about charity work. It's, it, you got to bring it. It's got to come from your heart that you want to do that for people. You got to want to serve. And if you can do that, that's part of coaching. And uh, it, to me, it, you know, it's, it's really cool to be able to do that. Like, wow, what a, what a career we're in that we can rally other people to raise money for some people that they don't even know because it's the right thing to do. It's pretty amazing. If you ask me, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's more than amazing because not many people do it. That's the bottom line. And you do it um, as part of your life. It's not even like, Hey, let me think about it. You don't even think about it. You just do it. Sometimes I talk to you or you text me or we call or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I'm heading to so-and-so to do a, a fundraiser for, for, for this kid that you never met before. I'm like, what, where are you going? Well, you know, Steve, can I just, can I share with you guys, you know, we, um, you know, and, and because of COVID that we weren't able to do the big one, I'm going to do a big one in the spring, but I'm, I'm rallying to a kid in my net, in my uh, community right now. And it's, it's amazing how we had to adjust and adapt. Yeah. It was a lot, a lot more that a lot more training for warriors, but some Parisis got involved and did their own fundraisers. One uh, in, in a, a training for warriors in Minnesota and minus six degree temperature out in their parking lot raised like $4,000 for this family, you know, a, a, doing a training session. They don't know this kid. They, 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 they you know, I, but I, I reached out to everybody and said, Hey, how could you not help this kid? Like, this is what it's about. And more and more, I'm seeing it. Like people saw the post that I put up and they're like, well, how can I, how can we get involved now? And I was like, it's, it's, this is what you do, you know? And, and I, I just think it's, it, it's, it, that has to be part of what we do and what, you know, when people ask it, what separates out Parisi? And that's part of it. It's the compassion and the empathy that people have. And, I've had conversations with many, many owners and program directors and performance coaches that I've trained and I've said, guys, here's my cell phone number, call me with whatever you need because it's what we're here for. So I don't know, Steve, I, 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 I really love what I do and I love the people I, I work with, um, with you and Chad and John and Casey, uh, you know, and, and all the people in the support team with Ginger and George uh, and Randy and everybody, and, you know, and then Bill too, like, you know, how could you not, what a crew, you know? Yeah, we're like a, sometimes a dysfunctional family picnic, but so what? You know, we have a great time. And, uh, and I think our cause is very, very similar uh, in each of our minds and hearts. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't say it better myself. You know, everything you do every single day, I think more people just, they need to follow you. They need to understand what you do. Hopefully I know there's a summit in the works, possibly in the fall, which would be great. Yeah. Honestly, it's probably what I missed the most that we didn't have it this year. Obviously we can't, um, but just hanging out with everyone and, and being around people that do what you do and have the same passion. Cause it, I think sometimes you forget what you're doing. You forget on, on what impact you're making and you kind of need other people around and remind you, Hey, you are doing the right thing. Or, you know what, I've been through that same challenge. This is how I handled or, you know, I feel your pain. Like you said, empathy before. I think all of us lean on each other and we need that. And now it's tough because we're very, we're very separated. And thank God for Zoom and 
and phone calls and texts and things like that. But I know, I know I miss that. I miss that camaraderie um, with, with all of our guys and girls, you know, Liz and all those people out there who, you know, you could just have a drink with and, and talk. And I think more coaches need to do that. You know, if you're feeling lonely or you feel like you're kind of out there, you know, you got to pick up the phone, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever works for you. And you got to, you got to find time to, to talk to other people in your, your, your circle, your network, whoever, or talk to someone you don't know and just ask their advice. Sometimes it's better to talk to someone you don't know because you might get a little more of an unfiltered answer. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need like, that. You're right. You need that a little bit. Listen, it seems like an eternity when we were sitting in Disney Springs. I was just talking to Karen yesterday uh, um, about that when we all, the three of us went out to dinner. And, you know, yeah, it's been a year. It's been a year. And, and yeah, I agree with you. I, I miss, um, I miss watching uh, you guys in action. I miss the network and, and everybody that's involved. So, yeah, I mean, that's where you're right. Reach out to people that you know or don't know. And uh, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, it keeps me sane. I'm not going to lie. You know, when I talk to you and other people in our network or other coaches now that I've met through all our travels, it's, it's, it's helpful for me because sometimes I just need to hear another voice, another opinion. Sure. And uh, you know, I think sometimes too, a lot of coaches, they want to hear what they want to hear, right? They want to ask a question, but they already know what they want the answer to be. I think sometimes you have to ask the question and be prepared to get the answer you don't want to hear. Um, and that's what's going to make you better. Cause sometimes it's hard. No doubt. Sometimes it's hard to get that. Um, and I think as, as you get older, it's a little easier to handle that type of stuff. I think when I was younger, I was like, no way. I know everything, but you know, I, mean, just, I probably felt that way too. Maybe some days I'm still that same way. And I think a lot, <laughs> we all are, but um, where, where can everybody kind of hit you up? If you want to give all your, uh, what do we call it? Social media handles are out there. What's the best way to uh, stay in contact with you and follow what you're Listen, doing? I mean, you guys as, as coaches contact me through Facebook, uh, through Instagram. Uh, oh, is Cole going to peek in? Cole, come here. What's Say up, big dog? Steve. Hey, Parisi Nation, this is Cole. He's going to be 11 tomorrow. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> he's getting out of here as fast as he can. Yeah, he's out. He gone. Is that speed training? Um, so I'm 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 still, you know, trying to figure out all the social media stuff. It's uh Eric Steven Mitchell on Instagram. Uh and then also on Facebook, you just look me up as Eric Mitchell. It's either training for warriors or Parisi Speed School. And uh, I'm I'm always available to talk to anybody. Have not good not good with the Twitter. I have not been good with Twitter. Not, you're not um, a tweeter? I'm not, a tweeter, I'm not, I'm not so good at it either. I, don't I just know why. am not good. And and even and still, I'm even really trying to kind of scratching the surface with Instagram. Even. But, uh, you know, if you're in the network, guys, and you all know if you're, uh, I post, um, I'm actually going to do one uh, tomorrow, uh, a Coach's Corner Facebook Live. I love doing that stuff. Um, and I'm on there. So, you know, I keep saying reach out. It's then reach out you know, as coaches to, to me, or, I mean, I'm sure Steve feels the same way, you know, you guys got questions, ask us. Um, and then, you know, be a part of something. We always say, just be a part of something greater than yourself. And you're going to find, then you'll find greatness. And I, and I really believe that. No, I know you do. So. I know you're doing it. And if anyone can get on those Facebook lives, I, I need those. There are days that I need them. And I, I, I'm so thankful. I see, I don't always catch it live because I might be coaching or whatever, but I always hit it up either that night or the next day. And I, I need them. You know, listen, I'm a 47 year old man and I need, I need those days because everybody is, is going through tough times right now. And, you know, I think we're all, we're all handling it very well, but nobody has a perfect day every day. So 
I'm thankful that you do it because I, I need it. I need a kick in the pants once in a while too. So <laughs> I do it because I need a kick in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, that's what our coaches need to understand. No matter how old you get, you know, everybody goes through ups and downs. And I think uh, oh, what yeah. you do is, is so valuable. And the fact that you just do oh, it yeah. on your own time. And again, that's where you're authentic and genuine. That's just who you are as a person. And, you know, if, if I can give anyone advice on, on being a great, we want to call it speed coach, performance coach or whatever, be like Eric Mitchell, just be like him as a person, everything else will come through. You know, the, the uh, X's and O's of training, guys, it's really not that hard. You know what I mean? If you, if you can get basics down, you'll be great. But if you can really connect with kids and, and just be a good person like Eric is every day, you guys are going to rock it. No, no doubt in my mind. So I always wanted to make sure you heard that now in a bigger platform, but um, you know, we all care about you and we're so happy that you're part of our network. And, you know, a lot of people look up to you. I know you're not comfortable with that, but, a lot of people look yeah. up to you. Well, I, I, I love you guys. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I say it a lot, but it's true. I mean, I, I, I love, I love you guys and you're part of my family and, uh, you know, probably the greatest people in my life. Um, well, you know, listen, Karen, Karen, my girlfriend's, you know, I love her to death, but she's part of that system too. You know, she's, she's now been, she is now part of the Parisi system. Basically she's been to a couple of things for Parisi, but, you guys are my best friends. You're the people that uh, I look up to as well. And, and that's, you know, all you coaches out there, I mean, that's, you're part of that. You're part of this Parisi nation, this family. And I, I, I have so much respect for all of you that you're doing this for kids and you're doing this to make yourselves better and make the, the community around you better. Just keep doing it. Just keep going and, and reach out to us because we're, we're here, you know, go for it best advice I can I can get out there I think everyone needs needs to hear that so Eric thank you so much for, for doing this um I think a lot of Thanks, people are gonna get a lot out of this you know this this made me feel good too so I'm sure everyone's gonna re really get a big kick out of it and hopefully we'll see each other soon in person I, I would love that and I'll have more stories you will all right man <laughs> thank you so much I appreciate it thank, thank you Steve